It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my God. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's Wednesday, which means it's time for Midweek with Manish. Manish Mehta covering the New York Jets for the Daily News. And we have been going through the installments of Manish's top 20 most impactful Jets heading into 2020. Three parts in the books, and now it's time for part number four, which means we have reached the top five of this countdown. Manish, let's dive right into it. And at number five is a guy that when he was signed as a free agent last offseason, we all would have expected to be in the top three. Instead, he had an off year, and I don't think it was all his fault. A lot of it had to do with the way he was used by Adam Gase, but even more so, a really bad offensive line. I'm, of course, talking about Le'Veon Bell. So he clocks in at number five. Some people have lost faith in him completely and would have knocked him down several more pegs, but I think this is fair. With an improved offensive line, you have to figure that his performance should improve in 2020. I hope that he jumps this ranking and does even better than that because that would mean that he's back to the Le'Veon Bell of old, the Pittsburgh Le'Veon Bell. But I think for now, number five is a perfectly fair ranking for Le'Veon heading into 2020. Well, full disclosure, I would have had him in the top three if there was a different offensive play caller. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think that... You know, expecting a radical shift in Adam Gase's thinking is probably not realistic. Now, do I think that Bell can be used differently than he was a year ago? Yes, and I think he will be used slightly differently, but I don't think any kind of radical change is in store. Uh, I also think that it's probably unfair to expect a 28-year-old Le'Veon Bell to be the guy that we remember in 2017 in Pittsburgh, his final year. Uh, I I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that he can be much more productive than he was a year ago for a number of different reasons that you and I have talked about, frankly, for a year, Scott. I don't think he was deployed properly. There's a reason why he had significant decrease in production across the board. Uh, The notion that Le'Veon Bell, it's just funny for me saying it out loud, Le'Veon Bell averaged 3.2 yards per carry for an entire season. That's it's remarkable when you think about it. And there's a number of different reasons why. Uh, we'll see if the new offensive line uh, helps out. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it could be much worse than it was a year ago. That clearly he was not in sync with the line. Clearly Gase was not in sync with Bell. Uh, you know, there were things that were off all across the board. So a number of different reasons why things didn't materialize uh, the way that Bell hoped, the way that uh, 
people in the Jet organization hoped. But I, I think that he can have a bounce-back season and be productive. He's frankly too talented not to be uh, much more productive than he was a year ago. These numbers are horrific. Uh, you can break down the numbers a million different ways, but this is not a player who was uh, used properly uh, last year. I think that was the number one cul- culprit. He, I think we got to see Le'Veon Bell run out of, out of eye formation much more than we saw last year. Running him out of shotgun was frankly ridiculous. Uh, it made absolutely no sense. And also uh, not giving him the workload that he's used to. You know, a guy like him gets better with the more carries he gets within the course of a game. Uh, and he needs to touch the ball more. It's, it's really that simple. And injecting Frank Gore into the equation, I think, complicates matters even more because Frank Gore is not going to be some guy on the sideline with a baseball cap, you know, clapping his hands and being a cheerleader. Now, he's a, a great leader. You know, he wants people to succeed, but he believes that he can play still. He believes he he can get his 125 to 150 carries a season. Uh, I think he's averaged at least or gotten at least 125 carries in each of his seasons uh, for the better part of a decade and a half. So he believes he can still play. Adam Gase believes that he, that he meaning uh, Frank Gore, can still play. So he's going to be a part of the mix. And what does that mean for Le'Veon Bell's touches? I, I don't know, but logic would dictate that that means fewer touches than we saw last year from Bell. Uh, I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense, but uh, but again, he's too talented of a player, even at the age of 28, to to not be more productive than he was last year. Because last year, frankly, was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for a number of different reasons. Hopefully he improves upon last year. And as you said, certainly not all his fault. He had a lot of factors working against him. Hopefully at least some of that gets corrected in 2020. And another guy who is disappointing, and I think a lot of it wasn't his fault as well, is Quinton Williams, who you have at number four on this list. He was the number three overall pick in the 2019 draft, and he didn't put up the eye-popping stats that a lot of people would have liked to have seen. However, Michael Nania went back and watched every single one of his snaps, and we did a whole podcast on this. You can also look at his five-part study on Quinton Williams over at JetsXFactor.com, and you can listen in the archives to that episode of the podcast where we went over this. But Quinton Williams did pretty well at what he was asked to do. The one thing that I think he needs to improve upon is his reaction time. It seemed like he was a little bit hesitant here and there, especially after he got called for that roughing the passer penalty. Maybe it was a little bit of a transition in that regard, but he's supposedly getting stronger and getting leaner and getting quicker this offseason. I still think that he showed plenty of flashes last year. This year would be the year that you hope that he puts it all together and breaks out. I've said this before. There are tons of interior defensive linemen who didn't have amazing first seasons and then really broke out in year number two. The guy that I keep bringing up is Calais Campbell. I think that's a fairly solid comparison. If he can be anything close to Calais Campbell in year number two, you'd be pretty happy with that. Calais Campbell has been one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league for a really long time. I think there's an excellent chance that he has a breakout season in 2020. You obviously do as well, Manish, because you've got him ranked here at number four. You've got him above Le'Veon Bell. I think if both of them can perform 
to expectations this year, there are going to be a lot of very happy Jets fans because if those two guys show up the way that they were expected to last year, then I think that the Jets could be a much better team than most people anticipate in 2020. Yeah, I think that uh, Quinn Williams is going to make a significant jump in his second season. Uh, you're right, uh, you know, his numbers didn't jump off the page. You know, two and a half sacks, six quarterback hits, four quarterback, uh, four tackles for loss. And nobody's going to write home to mom about that. But uh, there were some mitigating factors. I don't want him to be in the excuse-making business. But he did suffer a high ankle sprain in the season opener. Uh, I, I think he toughed it out. Uh, a lot of that was kept under wraps. I, we knew he had an ankle injury. The extent of it uh, wasn't discussed publicly that often. But uh, I know that people in that organization were extremely impressed by how he fought through that, came back from it a lot sooner than most people would. Uh, he had a, that neck injury late in the season also in which he uh, ultimately missed a game for. But uh, you know, this is a guy who only was a full-time starter at Alabama for one year. He's only 22 years old, so his body is going to mature. He is going to grow into it. He is going to get better. He's got so much talent and so much ability. And as I said earlier when I was talking about some of the other uh, younger defensive linemen, uh, they got a good mentor, a good teacher in Greg Williams. Uh, you know, I think Quinton Williams is in good position having a defensive coordinator like Greg Williams, uh, you know, coaching him, helping him. And, uh, you know, I think that having Quinton Williams ranked fourth, you know, might be a little ambitious. People might say, uh, maybe maybe in 2021, but not in 2020. I, I just think that when you have a guy like that, that kind of ability, that kind of talent, who did flash, as you mentioned, last year, well, sometimes these guys make really big strides early in their careers from year one to year two. You make a significant jump uh, if you're that talented and you've got good people, good coaches around you. Uh, so I fully anticipate him you know, making – uh, significant improvement. You had mentioned some numbers that Nania had told you. Uh, one of the numbers that he gave me that I thought were, uh, you know, eye-opening and maybe a window into the future is that uh, Quinnen's p- pressure rate jumped from five and a, half, uh, a little over five percent in the first nine games that he played to almost sixteen percent in the final month. So, you know, he showed signs of signs of improvement as the season wore on. Uh, so you just want him to continue along that path because you know he's got the physical gifts and the tools to you know, to be great, frankly. And I don't believe that uh, the gun charges that he's uh, currently embroiled in, he hasn't actually officially been charged yet, bringing that gun to LaGuardia Airport, I don't believe that he'll have any kind of league discipline in 2020. Uh, 2021 is TBD, but uh, I don't think that's going to impact how many games he'll be available uh, this upcoming season. So if he's healthy, you, know, you would anticipate a 16-game availability for him. Uh, again, I'm very bullish on Quinn Williams. I think he's got a lot, a lot of talent, a lot of ability, and I think he's got the right coach to bring, you know, bring that star quality out of him. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Manish, Le'Veon Bell and Quentin Williams were disappointing from the stat sheet perspective, but the guy you have at number three was disappointing because he had an injury that meant that he was unable to play for almost the entire season. That, of course, C.J. Mosley. He got hurt in the first game against Buffalo after dominating the first half. He tried to come back in the seeing ghost game against the Patriots, but it didn't work out. He ended up barely playing at all in 2019, which is a shame because as we saw in that first game, like I said, he dominated and really could have been an impactful player in a lot of ways. And I think he would have helped Quentin Williams a lot too because Quentin Williams was used to stunt to help cover up for the fact that Mosley and Williamson were not in there to play inside linebacker and so they had to rely on backups at those positions and Quinn Williams had to eat up a lot of guys in the case of Mosley it's interesting because if he stays healthy he should easily earn this number three ranking but again now that he's getting into his late 20s and he did have that major injury and you keep hearing stuff he's ready but he's not sure exactly when he's going to be ready to go fully and he expects to participate he expects to be full health You wonder how much this is ultimately going to take out of him in the long term. So if he is healthy and if he is back to 100%, easily top three player on this team. If not, mm, this could be a rough one for the Jets defense, especially as they begin to play better offenses and better quarterbacks. Yeah, I am taking his word that he is healthy. Uh, You know, the proof is in the pudding. When he gets out there for practice, we'll find out if he's moving like the C.J. Mosley that we we remember in Baltimore and before he got uh, hurt uh, in the second half of the Buffalo game. Because if he is, 
I think it's a no-brainer that he's a top-three player on this team. He's a perennial pro bowler. You can make a case that he's the best inside linebacker in football when healthy. And uh, he typically is durable. He's a guy who averaged 988 snaps per season in the first five years of his career. He obviously only played a fraction of that last year because of the the groin core muscle injury. But if he is indeed fully healthy, you know he he's still as smart as he ever was. So his anticipation, his instincts, all of that remains intact, and that is uh, invaluable. You know that's partly why the Jets made him the highest paid inside linebacker in football in free agency a year and a half ago. Uh, he's an extremely invaluable piece to the puzzle, just in terms of lining up players pre-snap, understanding after uh, quarterback's audible what to do uh, you know, within five seconds of the snap. You have to think quickly, you have to be calm, and you have to make right decisions. You have to effectively be a coach on the field, and that's exactly what he is. He's a pretty good player uh, you know, after the snap as well. But uh, I'm banking on the fact that he's going to be healthy. Now, if he's not fully healthy, then obviously he would fall in these rankings. But if he is 100% healthy, uh, there is no reason why he can't make the impact that everyone thought he would make last year for this defense. Uh, I know that Greg Williams did a terrific job kind of piecemealing that inside linebacker spot together uh, after Avery Williamson suffered the ACL injury in the offseason as well. But uh, yeah, I'd be intrigued to see what Greg Williams could do with a healthy C.J. Mosley because uh, I would anticipate that he would be a difference maker in 2020. At number two, the guy that everybody hopes is number one because if he's number one, that means that he had his breakout season. And if he has his breakout season, that means that everything around him will be lifted up. That, of course, is Sam Darnold. We're hoping to see the guy that everybody expected in the 2018 draft here in year number three. And we've talked about this, Manish. A lot of things working against Darnold. We can talk about Adam Gase's system. We can talk about the mono. We can talk about the injuries and the rookie struggles in 2018. But the big problem for Darnold has been a lack of consistency. He's shown you some fantastic games and then some pretty poor ones. As Michael Nanny and I discussed during the Sam Darnold Project, which was a multi-part project we did here on the podcast, and of course a multi-part article series that Michael did over at Jets X Factor, the key is for him to take his bad games and make them into okay games, his okay games and make them into good games, and his good games and make them into great games. If he can do that, then he very well may jump the guy that you have at number one on the list right now and get to that spot. And if he does, the Jets will likely exceed all expectations in 2020. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that every Jet fan hopes that Sam Darnold will ultimately be number one. Because uh, if Sam Darnold makes the biggest impact on the 2020 Jets, the Jets will be in playoff contention. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but if Sam Darnold is the best player on this team, if he is making the most impact week in and week out, that means that things are going right for this offense, for this team. Uh, you know, I, I think he will make an important improvement from year two to three. I mean, does that mean it's a seismic jump? Does it mean it's, it's a, an average improvement? I don't know. There's so many different factors at play. But I think he's going to continue to trend in the right direction. It's going to be incumbent upon him, first and foremost, uh, to get better. It's going to be incumbent upon Adam Gase to bring out the best in him. 
but uh, he overcame a lot last year. Everyone wants to talk about mono and ghosts. Okay, you know, they, they grab the headlines. Everyone understands that. Uh, he also had a toenail removed. <laughs> he had a thumb injury that ultimately required surgery in the offseason. He played with bruised ribs. So, you know, there was more uh, to it than just the, the mono and that uh, poor performance in primetime against the Patriots. He overcame a lot. I thought, you know, he's a level-headed guy by nature. Uh, I don't think he was rattled per se. Uh, I thought he weathered the storm by and large pretty well, especially for a 22-year-old guy. He's going to be he's 23 now. Uh, still very young, but uh, I thought you hit the nail on the head. He has to be more consistent. Consistency will ultimately unlock greatness for him because he has the ability and the work ethic to be a great football player. Uh, what is separating him from being great is his inconsistency. Uh, he'll tell you that. Adam Gates will tell you that. I think his teammates will tell you that. Uh, part of that is to be expected because he is young. Uh, so I think consistency will come with time and experience because, again, I think he has the football acumen to be a next-level type of player. He just needs more experience. I think he needs the proper tutelage, which is probably a different discussion uh, for a different time because we've touched on that uh, in the past. But he, he did make some improvement from year one to year two. Not the, the, the great jump that Jet fans were hoping, but he, he is trending in the right direction. Uh, I thought he took some steps backward last year as well, but he did take uh, enough uh, forward steps to be encouraged uh, that he can continue uh, in that direction in year three. Because ultimately this team is going to be as good uh, – they're going to be good as good as Sam Darnold is. And maybe that's an oversimplified way of saying it because there's so many uh, different elements at play, and it's completely unfair to pin the hopes of this team on a 23-year-old quarterback. But uh, he does play the most important position uh, if he is, in fact – going to make a seismic jump in year three, the Jets have a real chance of making the postseason. Uh, I think that's what it's going to take, uh, frankly. Otherwise, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they have a real chance of breaking their nine-year playoff drought if Darnold doesn't take a significant jump. And I don't want to put it all on his shoulders. I'm just saying, realistically, if you're looking at this objectively, if Darnold makes a big jump, they're going to be in the playoff equation. Uh, whether they make it or not is, is to be determined. But if he just makes an incremental improvement, that'll be important, absolutely. But I don't think that's going to be good enough for this team uh, to make the playoffs. So you know, it's going to be a fascinating year for him because, uh, again, he has every tool that you would want in a young quarterback, uh, from the makeup to the physical ability to the, to the desire to the work ethic uh, to the selflessness. He has all of those components. It's all within him. It's just a matter of getting it out of him uh, and getting it out of him, you know, fairly quickly, whether that's this year or whether that takes a couple more years. You know, I don't know. But I, I do know that if he does stay healthy uh, and he does get the proper coaching, uh, he is on a track to be a difference-making player in this league. Manish at number one It should be obvious to everybody by now If you've been following along There's one major name on this team That you haven't heard So you know the name that I'm about to say And then of course is Josh Andrews Manish has him at number one <laughs> On his list 
okay, it's not Josh Andrews, it's Jamal Adams. Now, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him, but just assuming for now that Adams does end up playing for the Jets in 2020, which even though we hear all this stuff going back and forth, is still most likely the scenario that happens at the end here. He has to be considered the odds-on favorite to be number one. Now, we would all love it if Sam Darnold is number one, and if that happens, then like we said, the trajectory for the Jets in 2020 changes. But for now, Jamal Adams, the safest play. Dominant defensive player, defensive playmaker, as Daniel Jeremiah likes to say, best safety in the game, can impact the game in so many different ways. And, of course, two-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. It's a pretty slam-dunk pick here, Manish. I would think so. Uh, I think my feelings on Jamal Adams' football ability are well documented. Uh, this, you know, the statistics kind of only tell part of the story, but the statistics are overwhelmingly in Jamal Adams' favor when you're trying to figure out who the best player on this team is. I don't think there's any debate. Jamal Adams is the best football player on this team, uh, clearly evidenced by what he did last year. And when you couple Jamal Adams with Greg Williams, you get a dynamic playmaker. So, you know, is he the best safety in the game? Look, he's a playmaker. That's how I view him. I view him as a defensive playmaker, part safety, part linebacker, part edge rusher, uh, emotional leader, high energy, brings juice every single day in practice, delivers on game days. Uh, you know, even though Jet fans aren't particularly happy with him wanting, uh, to, to be traded, uh, given uh, the, the acrimonious contract negotiations. I think if you've got Jet fans, in an honest moment, they will tell you that Jamal Adams is the best player on this team. It's not even close right now. Jet fans also hope that Sam Darnold ultimately becomes the best player on this team, but he is not there yet. That distinction clearly belongs to Jamal Adams. And if Adams is indeed on this team in 2020, even if he is not happy with his contractual status, uh, if he doesn't get a new deal, uh, I do not believe that Jamal Adams would uh, you know, give 50% or 75%. That's not in his DNA. That's not his makeup. If he is on the field on game days in 2020 for the New York Jets, he will play at 100%. I think you can expect him, if healthy, to be an all-pro caliber player once again, to be a dynamic player a difference maker, a game record, game changer, however you want to describe it. Uh, he will make the most impact on this team uh, in 2020. Uh, you know, I really do think Sam Darnold is going to make a, uh, an important difference on this team. And, again, I think Darnold has the ability to be number one on this list. But uh, the safer play, uh, if, you're, if you're being honest with yourself, the safer play is the 24-year-old player who's uh, – been an all-pro, uh, who's been a two-time Pro Bowler, and that's Jamal Adams. Uh, the more fascinating question, of course, is uh, will Jamal Adams show up when uh, training camp begins? Will he show up when the season starts? Uh, because if he is indeed in uniform, if he's in that building, uh, he's going to give 100% and he's going to be their best player. Let's hope that somehow that whole situation works itself out because if Sam Darnold can be the guy that we think he can be, if Quinn Williams can be the guy that we think he can be, if C.J. Mosley can stay healthy, and if Le'Veon Bell can revert back to form, then Jamal Adams being Jamal Adams is going to mean all that much more in 2020 because those things happen 
the Jets could be a pretty good team, certainly much better than most people expect. And that wraps up Manish's countdown of the top 20 most important Jets or most impactful either way you look at it heading into 2020. What a series, Manish, as we get ready for training camp. I can't wait. I know that usually training camp is something that people look forward to, but I think more so than ever, people are looking forward to it now because of everything that's going on. So for now, this is a good thing to talk about as we get ready for players to finally start to report and practice. Next big series Manish is going to have is probably something involving training camp. So keep your eyes and ears open for that at the Daily News and follow him on Twitter. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.